You could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. What if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, nothing happens. We go to jail peacefully, quietly. We'll enjoy it. But if I'm right, and we can stop this thing, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. Ghostbusters, because I think it ties everything together. Number one, the remake of Ghostbusters is out of the theaters. Number two, we're talking about registered voters. And number three, the world seems to look like a scene from the original Ghostbusters movie. As the uh, as the uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is walking through and crushing cars and killing people. <clears throat> I don't think they really had killing people in there, but you know, with uh, the attacks... The attacks going on, the world's, you know, it could be like the end of the world going on here. I hate to be a a doomsday kind of guy, but you know, just, you know what, if you haven't watched the news lately, you're missing out on what's going on. So, uh, so this week it was the Republican convention and I'm going to talk about all kinds of stuff because there's some really, I have some really good perspective on what we saw and you know what? You know how I always say everyone's entitled to their opinion, but everyone's entitled to hear mine. So, uh, so before I do, let me go. Let me first start by introducing myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California, all of California actually, and uh, Arizona as well. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to uh, get some information but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're calling from work and you're stealing time from your boss, wait till your government-mandated 15-minute break or your government-mandated one-hour for lunch or wait till you're off work and go to edhoffman.net click on uh, apply now put in as much information as you uh, as you want me to know and uh, let me know how much information you want back you'll hear back from myself or one of my teammates matt bradbury randy sam ps alex rojas justin clark or eric marquez and we will dial in your real estate financing puzzle and fill in uh, fill in those missing pieces help you get what you're looking for uh if you hear something you want repeated you can get this show on uh, edhoffman.net click on listen to the main event or you can uh, get me on podcast or uh, on podcast by going to itunes search ed hoffman or search the main event you'll see my uh what i look like eight years ago my hair was much 
less gray. And uh, you'll see a picture of me. You can uh, you can download it there, and you can actually subscribe for free and have it download to your your device, your uh, iPod, your iPad, your iWatch, your iPhone, your uh, computer, your eyeballs, anything that uh, anything that you want to listen to iTunes on. Even your Android, you just go to the App Store and iTunes for Android. Uh, so you can do that. You can follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, and uh, you can like the the show on Facebook at uh, Main Event Five Ninety to show the to find the show page. You can also read my weekly columns in IEBusinessDaily.com and uh, click on opinion. This week, uh, this week's column is about the uh, the convention with my unique take on each night. So let's talk about the convention and the stuff that, that everybody heard. Maybe some of you didn't hear, which is one of the reason for my show. So I can uh, recap those of you that don't have time to be uh, political junkies and to keep you uh, thinking straight. So uh, the Republican National Convention was this week in Cleveland. The focus was the underlying party nominee, Donald Trump, which we know. Uh, on night one, the star speaker was former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Start out by thanking police. You know, there was a big a big shadow on this thing by all the attacks on police, at which I was glad to see that, you know, Republicans, conservatives are, are typically respectful of the police and the job they do for us and first responders, firemen, and, and of course our military. Whereas, uh, you know, it, the big, instead of respecting, respecting the, the victims, the Democrats will just kind of focus on gun control and all that stuff. But let's, uh, let's hear some, uh, let's hear a little bit about what, uh, Rudy Giuliani did. He started out by thanking the police who were protecting the convention, but he took it a little step further. We say thank you to every police officer and law enforcement agent who's out tonight protecting us. When they come to save your life, they don't ask if you are black or white. They just come to save you. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and I had a clip, I had a clip, uh, a few months, a few months back, or maybe several months back, about uh, the uh, what the 9/11 has gotten to, where they have to clear what color you are and all that stuff. If you call 911, and you know what the exact, you know, and the guy gets murdered while he's uh, while they're waiting for it. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. It's just amazing. But you know, next Rudy talked about who our real enemy is. We must not be afraid to define our enemy. It is Islamic extremist terrorism. You know who you are. And we're coming to get you. If they are at war against us, which they have declared, we must commit ourselves to unconditional victory against them. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's clear. It's clear. It's clear as day for uh, for most of us to see, but nobody wants to say it. I'm so glad, so glad the political correctness is starting to go out the window for the Republicans. Anyway, after that, he evoked uh, Barack Obama's words from 2004 uh, Democratic National Convention. It's time to make America one again. One America. What happened to? There's no black America. There's no white America. Actually, it's there's only the United States of America, but nobody says it like Barack Insane Obama. So, uh, so you know what? It's it's good to hear. It's good to hear somebody talking straight, talking straight. And lastly, lastly, uh, Rudy told everybody who our nominee really is. But beyond that, 
heart. Every time New York suffered a tragedy, Donald Trump was there to help. He's going to like my telling you this, but he did it anonymously when police officers were shot, when firefighters were hurt, when people were in trouble. He came forward and he helped and he asked not to be mentioned. Well, I am going to break my promise to him. I am going to mention it. This is a man with a big heart who loves people, all people, from the top to the bottom, from the middle to the side. I am telling you this because I am sick and tired of the decimation of Donald Trump by the media and by the Clinton campaign. I am sick and tired of it. Yep, I uh, I have to agree. You know what? I, I The evidence of what I see is a guy who's got a good heart and is doing things for the right reason, regardless of the, the silly, stupid stuff that comes out of his mouth sometimes, because sometimes that stuff comes out of my mouth too, but I know where my heart is, and I know what I think, and I know what I do before I make decisions, I think. For big decisions, you know, before I decide what's going to come out of my mouth when I got the microphone in front of me, sometimes I don't think as much because the clock's ticking. But when I'm, uh, but when I'm making serious decisions at my company, I think I think ahead of time, and I can't believe that Trump has has gained the success he has without doing that. But we continue. There's one speaker on the first night that made an impression on everybody: Melania Trump, who delivered an eloquent speech about her upbringing, her pride in becoming an American citizen, and her admiration for her husband. But before the night was over, the only thing that media could focus on was her speech's similarities to Michelle Obama's 2008 ad- address at the Democratic National Co- uh, Convention. Here's portions of it that everyone is fixated on back to back with Michelle Obama's address. Barack and I were raised with so many of the same values. From a young age, my parents impressed on me the values. You work hard for what you want in life. That you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say and keep your promise. That you treat people with dignity and respect that you treat people with respect barack and i set out to build lives guided by these values and to pass them on to the next generation and we need to pass those lessons on to the many generations to follow because we want our children and all children in this nation to know because we want our children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them that the only limit to your achievements is the strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them oh my god can you believe she used those exact words oh i didn't realize that michelle obama had uh, had the 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 uh, copyright on on uh, all you need to do is is dream big and work hard imagine how many how many different how many different ways are there that you can get on stage and say hey uh, this is the land of opportunity and uh, my husband is great and he's a great man and he loves America and he loves our family and he loves you and it's gonna be great and everything's gonna be wonderful 
you know what? You're you're up there talking for 15 minutes, and you can only say so many things. We're not electing the first lady. I we certainly didn't elect Michelle Obama, who uh, who for the first time in my life, I'm finally proud of my country, proud to be an American. <clears throat> she disgusts me. She makes me sick. You know, Melania. I didn't know at the time. Uh, Melania apparently uh, English is her fifth language. I wonder how many languages uh, um, uh, Michelle Obama knows. I would venture to say uh, she probably has the command on the English language fairly well. She probably can read a teleprompter like her husband. They probably went to the same teleprompter reading school. But you know what? That does not lead our country where it needs to go. Um, so the campaign has offered several reasons for what happened, and one speechwriter claimed it was her fault. Milani had told her some of her favorite parts of uh, Michelle Obama's speech, and the writer just inserted them. Uh, I think someone's just trying to take uh, responsibility. I don't. I think it's unreasonable. I think if you took Michelle Obama's speech and compared it with Laura Bush's speech eight years earlier, that. I bet you there's a whole bunch of places. If any, if the Republicans had any interest in, in, uh, in, uh, you know, nitpicking anything that much, ridiculous. So, uh, so one of the prime focuses of the of the convention speakers was exposing the corruption of Hillary Clinton. Here's two speakers who were affected by Hillary's mistakes on Benghazi. And for those of you that haven't seen 13 Hours, get it. It's on video and it's probably plays on uh, on cable fairly regularly. I know it's on demand. Um, but but watch that movie and watch it sitting up. Don't watch it laying down uh, in bed. Watch it. Pay attention. Pay attention to the to the little details like the clock and what was happening at what time. It's an amazing movie, and you'll also notice in the beginning it says this is a true story. It doesn't say based on a true story. This is a true story. Here's Sean Smith's mother, um, who uh, and Sean Smith, the uh, techno guy that was at the uh, at the consulate. That was uh, the second guy killed, or the first. He, him, and the ambassador, uh, Chris Stevens, were killed at the consulate, and uh, followed by uh, one of the co co-authors of Thirteen Hours, Mark Geist, who we know as Oz in the movie. I blame Hillary Clinton personally for the death of my son. That's personally. That's right, Hillary for prison. She deserves to be in stripes. Benghazi was about opportunities. Opportunities taken when we defied the stand-down orders and opportunities squandered when Hillary failed to protect her people on the ground. Yeah, you know what? Uh, say, well, why are we blaming it all on Hillary? Because uh, she was the Secretary of State. She wasn't the president. But you know what? Nobody knows where Obama was that night. You know, of all the investigation they've done, nobody seems to know. And everybody says, hey, here's who was in the Situation Room in the White House. Uh, there was Hillary, and there was Leon Panetta, and there was uh, every all the rest of the all the the Secretary of Defense and the Joint uh, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs Staff, and uh, but Obama wasn't there for some reason. What was he doing? Night golf, or uh, I, I mean, technically, I think he probably could have been out on golf because I don't remember what time of day it was. Uh, was here? I think it started early in the morning our time but i don't remember i don't remember what the what the what the time difference was it was like early evening early evening in uh in libya so uh so let's see here then the but one of the most damning indictments for hillary for the entire week came from new jersey governor chris christie and eh, who wanted to be vice president um and uh but he put on a mock trial of hillary at the convention i got another question for you as to hillary clinton lying to the American people about her selfish, 
awful judgment in making our secrets vulnerable. What's your verdict, guilty or not guilty? Now time, time after time after time, the facts and just the facts lead you to the same verdict, both around the world and here at home. In Libya and Nigeria, guilty. In China and Syria. In Iran and Russia and Cuba. And here at home for risking America's secrets to keep her own and lying to cover it all up. And uh, even Donald Trump Jr. got in on it and included this in his speech on Tuesday night. If Hillary Clinton were elected, she'd be the first president who couldn't pass a basic background check. It's incredible. Yes, it is incredible because you got to to come to work for Wholesale Capital, you have to pass a background check to be a receptionist or any other position in our company. Um, but apparently you don't have to pass any background check to be the president. Um just amazing to me, Ben. While we're on, while we're on uh, Donald Jr. Um, and his speech on Tuesday night, so the Trump kids to me were the stars of this convention. You know what? I'm not even going to play any clips from Donald Trump and his uh, in his speech on Thursday night. I'm not even going to play any of those because I don't think there was anything that really. It was a great speech. I don't think there was anything that moved me as far as as far as other than hey, this guy sounds like he's going to do a great job. The thing that that affected me was watching his kids and. As I understand it, Donnie Jr. and Eric and uh, Tiffany and uh, and Ivanka all wrote their own speeches. But what it says to me, what it says to me as I watch these kids, and I don't, I'm not even paying attention to the the things that everybody says that hey, he's going to make America great again, he's going to put up the wall and blah 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 all that stuff. I I listen to the stuff that says, hey, this is what we got from being this guy's kids. I think my kids are a reflection of how they were raised. And I think I think the fact that my kids have their heads together and have good good morals and all that stuff is a testament uh, to me and even more so my wife Dawn, who who made them into good kids, taught them taught them good morals and good good character, and I taught them how to work hard. And uh, here's let, let's play uh, let's start out with with uh, playing uh, D- Donald Jr. spoke on Tuesday night. Um, Tiffany and Eric, I'm not playing any Tiffany clips, but, uh, Eric, uh, Trump played on, on, uh, Wednesday. He, he spoke on Wednesday night and Ivanka spoke right before, uh, her dad spoke on Thursday. Let's play this clip from, uh, Donnie Jr. He didn't hide out behind some desk in an executive suite. He spent his career with regular Americans. He hung out with the guys on construction sites, pouring sheetrock and hanging, pouring concrete and hanging sheetrock. He listened to them. <laughs> And he valued their opinions as much and often more than the guys from Harvard and Wharton locked away in offices away from the real work. He's recognized the talent and the drive that all Americans have. He's promoted people based on their character, their street smarts, and their work ethic, not simply paper credentials. To this day, many of the top executives in our company are individuals that started out in positions that were blue collar but he saw something in them and he pushed them to succeed. His true gift as a leader is that he sees the potential in people that they don't even see in themselves. The potential that other executives would overlook 
because their resumes don't include the names of fancy colleges and degrees. I know he values those workers and those qualities and people because those are the individuals he had my siblings and me work under when we started out. That he would trust his own children's formative years to these men and women says all you need to know about Donald Trump. We didn't learn from MBAs. We learned from people who had doctorates in common sense. Guys like Vinny Stelio, who taught us how to drive heavy equipment, operate tractors and chainsaws, who worked his way through the ranks to become a trusted advisor of my father. It's why we're the only children of billionaires as comfortable in a D10 Caterpillar as we are in our own cars. You know what? I think that is a testament. I took that. I took that. Uh, that speech, and I texted out to all three of our kids and their spouses, and I said, "Listen to this speech. It's awesome. It tells you what kind of a dad that uh, Donald Trump was, and it's a testament." And I said, "Pay attention to the way these kids. The the way this." That was just Donald Jr. But t- pay attention to how he talks about how he was raised. And you know what? Um, I think about how I raise my kids. And maybe I raise my kids kind of watching how I struggled and all that stuff. Because I was struggling at the time. I couldn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the financial position I am now. And so they watched as they grew up. They saw me uh, fighting the fight and struggling and going through going through what I what I went through. And, and I think my kids are better for better as a result. And today, you know, uh, Don and I have both told, told, have both told all three of our kids, Hey, you're not inheriting anything. We're going to spend everything before we die. We won't, but we won't because that would means that we have to sell all our, our properties and we need, need a place to live. So, uh, so there we'll still leave some, but we don't, we want them to, to understand the values of, of building your own little, uh, your own little empire and, um, and the value of hard work and the value of being a good person and the value of, of, uh, of doing what's right. And so we've taught them that and it becomes obvious to me. I mean, people, people can see from how, uh, Ryan and Casey and Brett are, um, the influence that they've gotten from uh, myself and my wife over the years and, the kind of people they've become. And I think that's a, a reflection on myself and Don. And I think when you look at Trump's kids, it says a lot about who this guy is. It says an awful lot about who this guy is. You know, Eric Trump came on uh, the next night and then Ivanka. Let me play a, a little, uh, let's play uh, Ivanka number two, uh, something similar to what Donnie said. I remember playing on the floor by my father's desk constructing miniature buildings with Legos and erector sets, while he did the same with concrete, steel, and glass. My father taught my siblings and me the importance of positive values and a strong ethical compass. He showed us how to be resilient, how to deal with challenges, and how to strive for excellence in all that we do. He taught us that there is nothing we cannot accomplish if we marry vision and passion with an enduring work ethic. Yep, I think uh, that that goes on to say, and when you hear it from when you hear it from uh, one kid and you hear it from the other one, they're all brought up together. Here's a little story that Eric tells. Eric tells about an ice rink, which is actually chapter one of the Art of the Deal, but a lot of people haven't read it. Let me play this. 
Throughout my father's career, he has been repeatedly called on by government to step in and save delayed, shuttered, and grossly over budget public projects. Everything from the exterior of Grand Central Terminal in New York to the iconic old post office in Washington, D.C., just to name a few. Back in 1986, the city of New York tried to refurbish a simple ice skating rink in Central Park. The project dragged on for over six years and ballooned to over $13 million. $5 million over an already inflated budget. That's when my father, who overlooked this disastrous construction site from his office window each and every day, decided he had to step in. Disgusted by government incompetence and ineptitude, he invested $2 million of his own money in order to complete the project. What had taken the city over half a decade to botch, my father completed in less than six months, two months ahead of schedule, and over a million dollars under budget. Folks, that's why uh, why Trump needs to be uh, in the presidency coming up after uh, uh, this uh, in November 8th. We need to vote for him. Anyway, I'm out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of commercials, weather, and traffic, and I'll be right back with part two. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I don't talk much about real estate or financing on this show uh, because uh, it gets boring to listen to. But if you're interested in that, in, uh, from what you hear, you think like I think. You want to talk to someone who thinks like you. If you need it, call me toll free 855-640-2020. So we're talking about the Republican convention and uh, in particular, we're talking about Trump's kids and what I think Trump's kids say about Donald Trump and the kind of person he is. Because you know what? We got a, we got a glimpse of a guy eight years ago that said hope and change and we're going to fundamentally transform uh, America and uh, nobody really knew what that meant. Four years ago, we had a really clear picture of who he was, and there's too many stupid people out there that vote, especially even in the in the in the within the sound of my voice right now, because I can't believe I couldn't believe he won the second time in the landslide in California. So uh, those of you that those of you idiots that voted for him, here's a chance to renew your renew yourselves and do something right, and let's not put the criminal Hillary Clinton in office and stop worrying about the stuff that comes out of, out of Trump's mouth because stuff that comes out of Trump's mouth when he's in front of a big crowd, don't necessarily tell you who he is, who he is, is, is uh, really clear when you listen to the stuff that comes out of his kids mouths. So, uh, one of the things that, uh, if we do, um, the, uh, the, uh, clip number five that Ivanka said, talking about construction sites. I've learned a lot about the world from walking construction jobs by his side. When run properly, construction sites are true meritocracies. Competence in the building trades is easy to spot and incompetence is impossible to hide. 
That's exactly true. And, you know, when you think about what it costs to do anything in this country, you know, uh, the Democrats want to take all of our tax money and let them take care of the poor people. You know what? You know what I know about America? America is one of the most charitable. It's probably the most charitable country. And American people are the most charitable people in the world. Guess what? We'd be more charitable if we got to take more of our more of our pay home for ourselves. We work hard all day. We work hard all year. And you know what? We could probably take care of the hungry people and the people who really can't and i would say can't not won't but can't take care of themselves we can take care of them and we will take care of them we'll be charitable and uh you know whether we do it through our churches or whether we do it through uh just personal we know people take care of each other we don't need the government to force it forcefully take it from us and then squander three quarters of it before it ever helps anybody uh, let's see here. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's go to, um, clip number, um, three, uh, from, uh, um, Ivanka. One of my father's greatest talents is his ability to see potential in people before they see it in themselves. It was like that for us too, growing up. He taught us that potential vanishes into nothing without effort. And that like him, we each had a responsibility to work not just for ourselves, but for the betterment of the world around us. You know what? That's a really great clip. And someone could have written that for her because that's just a cliche. We're supposed to work for ourselves, but not for, but also for the betterment, not just for ourselves, but for the betterment of people around us. Except for it didn't just come out of her mouth. Play the second clip that Eric said. To me, there are few things that I hold closer to my heart than charity. For me, it's the essence of who we are as human beings. It's the barometer by which we would be measured for our time here on Earth. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? When I was 22 years old, I founded the Eric Trump Foundation to benefit St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, an incredible, incredible organization. I run my foundation based on the principles my father taught me, honesty, integrity, and values. I expect other charities to be run by the same moral code, not serve as conduit for personal enrichment, not become a beacon of corruption and scandal. You know what? Those aren't words when you actually start your own foundation and actually give give a ton of money to St. Jude's. And if you and if you look on uh, on the web, it's easy to find Eric Trump Foundation actually um, built a uh, hospital in the Philippines. And I don't remember all the details of it, but I remember watching watching this video, this YouTube video, and it showed showed uh, Eric Trump. And I and I don't remember if Donald was there, but the Trump family was there, and uh, Trump. I, I think Donald was there, but the but you can find it on YouTube somewhere, and uh, where they actually um, built a whole hospital in I think it was in Manila. Because I remember forwarding it to uh, to my my uh, my kids. Uh, my daughter-in-law is Filipino, so my two grandkids are are half Filipino, and I knew that her family. Uh, I had a I had a conversation with uh, some of my son's brother-in-laws, and at the at the uh, wedding reception, I remember I remember one of them saying, "You know what? This is the first time I've ever talked to a Republican." and heard any of this stuff. And I was just explaining, we were talking about how the mortgage meltdown went. And you know what? We need to spread the word, folks, because guess what? We can't change people's hearts and minds if we don't talk to them.
because Hillary's going to spend a billion dollars this this uh, fall and uh, to put put uh, lies and and idiot idiotic stuff into people's heads to get them to vote for her because anybody who votes for her needs to needs to examine their uh, you know shine a light through their right ear and see if the see if there's a beacon coming out their left because how could you vote for someone who's so corrupt and say you even love this country enough to even vote Okay, so let's play. Uh, let's play Ivanka. Ivanka opened up with this little with this little clip. Um, now re- remember, Ivanka married a, married a Jewish guy and converted to being being Jewish uh, on behalf of her hu- uh, for her husband. And they raised their three kids in a Jewish family. Which I come from a Jewish family as well, although I became a Christian about thirty years ago. Um, go ahead and play that clip. Like many of my fellow millennials, I do not consider myself categorically Republican or Democrat. More than party affiliation, I vote based on what I believe is right for my family and for my country. Sometimes it's a tough choice. That is not the case this time. As the proud daughter of your nominee, I am here to tell you that this is the moment and Donald Trump is the person to make America great again. I love this because it all comes off so candid and genuine that I think uh, I really think these kids are a shining beacon for for uh, who who uh, Donald Trump is. Let's play a uh, clip number uh, number four of Ivanka. Over the years, on too many occasions to count. I saw my father tear stories out of the newspaper about people whom he had never met who were facing some injustice or hardship. He'd write a note to his assistant in a signature black felt-tip pen and request that the person be found and invited to Trump Tower to meet with him. He would talk to them and then draw upon his extensive network to find them a job or get them a break. And they would leave his office, as people so often do after having been with Donald Trump, feeling that life could be great again. Throughout my entire life, I have witnessed his empathy and generosity towards others, especially those who are suffering. It is just his way of being in your corner when you're down. You know what? I don't know if uh, why I'm moved by all this stuff, except for maybe it reminds me of uh, myself and my wife that we have uh, been blessed with. Uh, we've been, you know, we've been really lucky. The harder we work, the luckier we get. Um, but we've done things. We've done things. We've done right by people. We've been good people, and we've built a great company, Wholesale Capital, and it's uh, it's been it's been rewarding, and we've shared it. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we have our own charitable organization called WCC Charities. And if you want to see what we're doing, go to wccharities.org. And uh, the, we're actually raising money to help uh, build a, uh, a, a smart home for a triple amputee, Andrew Botrell in uh, San Diego. Um, but go on to wccharities.org. If for those of you that uh, haven't been listening to me for a long time, um, go ahead and go on wccharities.org and see who's this guy at Hoffman on the radio. Is he genuine? Does he really care about people? Let's see. Go ahead and go on there and see some of the stuff that uh, that our organization is doing. And you know what? I know the kind of guy I am. 
and I don't cheat people and I treat people right. And I, and you know, I, I don't treat my borrowers bad. I don't treat my employees bad. I'm fair. And I lift people up just the same way that uh, Trump does, except for he's probably doing it in a much bigger way than I am because he's a lot, got a lot more money than I do. So it's a lot more ability. Good people do great things with their money. Don't say, hey, see, he's rich. We don't want a rich guy because he must have taken advantage of people. Guess what? He's employed a ton of people. Listen to Cut 6 on Ivanka. One of the reasons he has thrived as an entrepreneur is because he listens to everyone. Billionaire executives don't usually ask the people doing the work for their opinion of the work. My father is an exception. On every one of his projects, you'll see him talking to the super, the painter, the engineers, the electricians. He'll ask them for their feedback if they think something should be done differently or could be done better. When Donald Trump is in charge, all that counts is ability, effort, and excellence. You know, uh, I think of uh, one of the guys in my office uh, who coach, uh, Matt Bradbury, who coaches a uh, uh, like three or four girls' soccer teams for his daughters, and uh, he's apparently has some some soccer records at uh, Cal State Fullerton, um, and and maybe this is a saying that has been around for a long time, but he said it to me the other day, the other day probably three weeks ago, and it's the first time I had heard it. He says that uh, hard work win, uh, hard work beats talent whenever talent won't work hard. I love that. You know what? You guys out there that you guys out there that think you have to put your kids through college so that they can make it in this world, you're wrong. College is overpriced, overvalued. Uh, you don't need you don't need you know teach your kids some teach your kids some some good ethics and hard work and uh, and to go after to take some risk in life and that's how you get ahead in this. You don't have to be. I'm a college dropout just like Steve Jobs and and uh, Bill Gates. You know I've worked hard. I went to college for four years to be an engineer. And then I said, you know what? I don't want to be an engineer. My mom wants me to be an engineer. Uh, I really want to do something with people. And I want to, you know, I want to, I want to spread my wings and do something great. But being an engineer, I just don't think is what I want to do. And, uh, and so I'm a college dropout and guess what? I've done really well. And we've got a whole bunch of people in our company that have done really well. And we've helped a whole bunch of other people do really well. You don't have to have a college degree to do well in this country and stop buying that, buying that myth. Um, let me play, uh, uh, one of the things that, that, uh, Donald Trump said to Ivanka when she was a little kid. When I was a child, my father always told me, Ivanka, if you're going to be thinking anyway, you might as well think big. I love that. I love that. Hey, you know what I tell my employees? Hey, it takes eight hours to get through an eight-hour day, so you might as well you might as well work hard. You can either kill time or work it to death, and see what. Then working it to death is going to get you a whole bunch more out of life. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to get more pay, and everything's going to be better in America if people stop killing time and start working it to death. Let me uh, let me put the last clip, uh, Eric Trump from uh, Wednesday night, uh, how he ended his speech. This November, I ask you to be true to yourself and vote for the candidate who you know is running for the right reasons. Vote for the candidate who has never been a politician. Vote for the candidate who has never received a paycheck from our government. Vote for the candidate who can't be bought, sold, purchased, bribed, coerced, intimidated, or steered from the path that is right and just and true. 
Quite frankly, friends, vote for the one candidate who does not need this job. You know what? That's exactly how I feel. And let me remind you for what I said the first time. Trump was not my first choice. Trump was not. It was that was number five for me. It was Rick Perry, Scott Walker, and Ben Carson were my top three. And I've met Rick Perry, and I've met Ben Carson. I've read Scott Walker's book. And Carly Fiorina, I've met her twice, and I've seen her speak numerous times, even before I knew who she was. I go, who is this lady? She's awesome. And they all dropped out. Donald Trump, I have no problem with anything that Donald Trump does or says. I just didn't think he was serious. I don't think even he thought he was serious when he got in. But I think he get caught fire, and I think he's a good man from all from everything I've learned over the past year and what I see in his kids. But you know, let's let's continue the you know the 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 Republican committee uh, national convention. The uh, party unity was supposed to be the underlying theme of the week. And some speakers upheld it while others didn't. One person who did uphold this pledge was, uh, was House Speaker Paul Ryan. Our candidates will be giving their all. They'll be giving their utmost. And every one of us has got to go and do the same. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say that we unify this party? What do you say that we unify this party at this crucial moment when unity is everything? I agree. It's time to get behind Trump because he's our only chance at this point. Now, who didn't uphold his pledge to unify the uh, to unify the party by endorsing Donald Trump was Ted Cruz. Of course, Cruz was drowned out by the jeers from the crowd. You know, he gave it. He gave an emotional speech. He congratulated Donald Trump for winning the, the nomination. And that was the only that was the only respect he gave to Donald Trump or any any sign that uh, that he had any unity uh, coursing through his veins, it, uh, as he as he ended his as he ended his speech, uh, he was drowned out by the jeers from the crowd. Um, and when it when it became clear he wasn't going to endorse Trump at the end, that's when the delegates booed him off stage. We will unite the party. We will unite the country by standing together for shared values, by standing for liberty. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless. Yeah, he looked like a sore loser whiner. Um, you know, the next the next day he did a, a press conference with or needed a press conference. He did a conference with the Texas delegates, the the people that represent his state. He's a state senator in Texas, and he's and the people and and he won Texas huge. And there was one Hispanic lady uh, at the at the conference who said, she said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm going to paraphrase because we didn't have very good audio on it." She said, "Senator Cruz." I appreciate your values and I appreciate the, your ethics, but you know, and I voted for you, but you know what? This isn't about you and it's not about Donald Trump. It's about the United States of America. And you know what? To me, Ted Cruz just showed his, just showed his stripes. He showed who he really is, who, who I thought even in the primaries, you know, he comes across as a great guy with great ethics and he's stands behind the constitution, but he just did some things that just tells me he's got an evil streak going through him and he's not who he says he was. Uh, you know, everyone's still talking about the Cruz snub. 
uh, including our colleague from this uh, from this radio station, Larry Elder. Here he is on Sean Hannity giving his thoughts. I don't know why Ted Cruz did this. Why? I heard he campaigned for this spot to speak. He did? Yeah. He wanted to. Initially, he said he wasn't going to come. I thought it was, he was gracious offered a that he was here. Yes. But for crying out loud, you have to endorse the man who invited you. Uh, exactly. You know what? Uh, I, I, and, you know, you could probably blame it on, on Trump who trusted him. And, you know, I've been accused of trusting too many people and I've gotten bitten a few times. Uh, and you know, Newt Gingrich came off and played it off brilliantly. I don't have enough time to play all the clips because Newt, Newt Gingrich's speech was brilliant. The whole thing, I'd have to play the whole speech. But uh, of course, night three of the convention is when the nominee's running mate makes a, makes an entrance, and that's when uh, Indiana Governor Mike Pence, who some of us regard as kind of boring, boring choice, but you know, he's solid and he seemed to make a decent impression. Here's a little piece from his speech. American people are tired of being told. They're tired of being told that this is as good as it gets. They're tired of hearing politicians in both parties tell us that we'll get to that tomorrow while we pile a, a mountain range of debt on our children and our grandchildren. And as Ronald Reagan used to say, they're tired of being told that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives better for us than we can plan them for ourselves. In the end, this election comes down to just two names on the ballot, so let's resolve here and now that Hillary Clinton will never become president of the United States of America. Yes, I think uh, he hit it on the head, although it's pretty much what everybody's been saying. And, you know, one thing I notice in my company, um, I say the same things over and over because, you know what, doing mortgages is all about service, you know what, and... Uh, uh, I don't sell any product that isn't available somewhere else. The only difference, the only thing that we offer is service. So we close them faster. Um, we're probably not the lowest rate out there, but we're competitive. And uh, but we do a great job, and we lead people towards uh, towards the right decision for them. And seems to me, as I raise my kids, my my employees, my loan officers, you know what? Sometimes they don't hear what I say, and I say it over and over, and year after year, meeting after meeting. And so I encourage them to go to to various trainings, and I bring other people up to train them because sometimes somebody says something just a little different, says the same thing with a different tone of voice or in a different uh, in a different uh, context, and all of a sudden they get it. Something clicks for them, and they get it. So that's why uh, that's why we need so many people to say so many things, and that's. Uh, the Republican National Committee. But this was Trump's convention, and the campaign did a great job rolling out friends and associates to tell about uh, tell America about Donald Trump. Uh, the, the Donald Trump they know, and the, and the Donald Trump that many of us don't know. Here's a powerful clip from Lynn Patton. She's an African-American uh, lady who works for, who's been vice president of Trump's Family Charitable Foundation for the past six years. After pointing out that the Trump organization promotes more women and minorities than any other company she's worked for, she said this. The Trump family has stood by me through immensely difficult times without hesitation or concern for their own reputation by association. They continue to trust me with every aspect of their lives and the lives of their families. They invite me into their homes and welcome me at their family gatherings. For the past six years, I have held an executive position as it pertains to the distribution of their charitable funds, and they have charged me to identify worthy and altruistic missions. I could not be more humbled. This is the Trump family that I know. 
There is a movement sweeping this brave nation, and I am honored to have a front row seat to it on a daily basis. This country has spoken. My boss has justly earned the Republican nomination and broken voter registration records in countless states across America. This cannot be denied. He has brought this party together by drawing more Democrats, more independents, and more first-time voters into the GOP fold and has earned more Republican votes than any other presidential candidate in modern history. That must be respected. To the skeptics who will undoubtedly claim that I'm doing this at the behest of the Trump family or with the promise of reward, I deliberately chose not to seek their approval nor counsel in advance of this video for fear that they would be more concerned for me and its potential viral ramifications than they would be for themselves and the fact that, quite simply, this is the right thing to do. For me, it was an easy decision, just as voting for my boss, Donald J. Trump, should be an easy decision for you. It should be an easy for you. We only have two two choices at this point, folks. It's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. And if if you are still not comfortable with Donald Trump, then vote. You know, they say, hey, get a, get excited, happy, or get excited, mad. Just get excited because nothing happens unless you're excited. So, you know what? If if you can't get positive about what Trump can do for this country, then, then get excited about stopping Hillary because Hillary is a crook. She's a liar. Uh, she's a, she's responsible for the deaths of, of four Americans in Benghazi and who knows who else and putting our safety on the line by uh, trying to protect herself with that email server. I know you guys are tired of hearing it, but guess what? She's a criminal. The FBI uh, actually laid out their case before they said, I don't see any case here to prosecute. Okay, if you if you guys aren't aren't already connected with this, if you don't pay attention to this all the time regularly, then start. And if nothing else, tune into the main event every week and I'll keep you focused. I'll keep you focused on what's going on. Remember, folks, this coming week. Uh, coming up this week, coming up is uh, the the Democrat National Convention. So put on your uh, put on your filters on your ears because we're gonna hear a lot of lies and we're gonna hear a lot of uh, uh, I don't know a little clips and little uh, uh, sound bites that are gonna be designed to steer people away from from Donald Trump and what's right. Keep your heart in in what you know is right. Hard work wins. Sitting at home, letting the government carry you through doesn't. Folks, I'm all out of time for this uh, episode of the main event. Keep your ears on. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week.